0: Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I interview top experts to help you open your heart and radiate self-love so you'll naturally become a match to the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm so excited. I'm talking with Larry Michael again, my good friend and author, speaker, and coach. Larry's also the founder of the Institute for Genetic Energetics. So welcome, Larry. Thank you so much for being here.
1: I am excited to be on your show again. It's so fun.
0: Yes, we did an episode a few weeks ago on undefining love. And I have to say, it is definitely one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. So everyone, please go check that out. The replay of that episode is posted on Spotify or Apple or anywhere. You can listen to podcasts, even right here on Bullhorn. It's called Undefining Love. We talked about the hidden factors that indicate whether your relationship will last or even get off the ground in the first place. And that episode got such an amazing response. I knew I had to bring Larry back on so today we're talking about courageous intimacy Larry I believe this is one of your favorite topics to talk about isn't it
1: it is it definitely is it's, uh it it took many decades to learn it <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and once really getting a, an understanding of what it's about it just yeah it thrills me it's to me it's the difference between an evolutionary really beautiful highly you know, potentially exciting and inspiring relationship versus not. And so, yeah, it's, it means a lot to me.
0: So great. I haven't done an episode on this topic yet. And I knew you were the perfect person to bring on to talk about this. And hello to everyone listening live. We're broadcasting live on Bullhorn. So feel free to say hi in the chat. Let us know any questions you have. So Larry, let's jump in. What's the first thing you have to say on this topic of courageous intimacy?
1: You must do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I guess it's best to define it to begin with. Um, We all pretty much have a a pretty clear definition of courage. You know, courage is that, that place where you decide you're really willing to, to go for it, to stick it out, to do your best, to uh, attempt to accomplish something of magnitude. And, And you do that with an understanding that it's not easy or it's not simple or you could fail or, you know, a million things could go wrong. There's obstacles known and unknown. And even still, you are dedicated and determined to go for it. I events.
0: love that. I can't wait to dive deeper into this. This is such an important topic, and it can be scary, right? I imagine one of the biggest blocks to true intimacy is probably fear. I would imagine. Do I have that right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's and let's take a second to define intimacy, because it, it, this in itself is very fascinating to me. You know, I, we've we've heard the term, you know, into me, you see, and mm-hmm. and all that kind of lovely stuff. But intimacy, actually, psychologists have given intimacy um, a set of levels, like from level one up to level seven is pretty common. And, you know, the level one intimacy is is like one of those wet handshakes you have with someone that, you know, it's <laughs> like you want to let go of their hand as soon as you touch it kind of thing. But it But you reached out and you made a connection, and that was as much as you wanted to do. And that's kind of level one intimacy. It's an acknowledgement that someone is breathing and alive and, and you see them, right? And then it goes up from there. Level two is a bit more engagement. Level three is a willingness to get into conversation. And, and it continues to build and build and build until the ultimate level of intimacy is one where you're willing to be vulnerable. You're absolutely dedicated to authenticity and integrity. And you're, you are willing to, you not just are willing to be seen, but you as much so want to see and recognize another person. And that's really deep intimacy. Not a lot of people tromp around at that level. And, and in fact, the people that do reach that level or really enjoy that level oftentimes expect that of others that they engage with. And the reality about intimacy is we're only as intimate with someone as the lowest common denominator. Mm. So if you're that person that is just like, hey, you can see me. I want to be seen. I I want to be understood. I want you to ask me questions. I want to be vulnerable. And the other person is like, whoa, I don't even really want to shake your hand. Well, guess what? The level of intimacy is right down there at the bottom.
0: You actually read my mind. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think a lot of people, especially people who are drawn to this work and are into personal development and things like that, are kind of these open-hearted people and not everyone is like that. So I would love oh. to talk about that a little more. I'm so curious to hear all your thoughts on that.
1: No, they're not. I mean, there's all kinds of belief systems that people grow up with that are given to us or we adopt or we, we pick up from our experiences that have us very shut down. You know, there's a book out there called Radical Honesty, uh, it's a phenomenal book. And The the summation that I can say about that, we all know what honesty is. I mean, it is the absolute truth, as much as we recognize it or know it to be for ourselves. Well, radical honesty is when you're willing to be totally honest, even in that situation that's kind of scary. And in the book, it basically comes out, and by the time you get to the end, you realize that almost everybody that was really afraid to be totally honest Discovered that when they finally did say, "Look, I'm unhappy here," or you know any number of things that felt like if I tell you, it's going to be all over. If I tell you, it's going to destroy me. If I tell you, someone's going to get hurt. It you know there is all this this worry and this conversation going on, and then when they finally they get forced into saying and or revealing the truth. The person on the other end goes, oh, my God, if you'd only told me that originally, everything would have been fine. We could have addressed it. We could have talked about it. We didn't, you know, it didn't ever need to be this anguishing. Mm. And I appreciate your concern and I appreciate your sensitivity and the fact that you didn't reveal something that was so important to reveal only caused more pain for all of us. Mm. Especially for you, the person who needed to reveal it. So, you know, radical honesty, it should be a foundation in our relationships. So now we talk about honesty and then intimacy, intimacy, that willingness to really be seen, to be revealed, to having high principles about authenticity. And to be just so curious about what's up for the other person whoever the other person might be, and wanting to understand them, not to figure out how they can be like you, but to understand who and what they are, right? <laughs> this is a critical difference. Like a lot of people think they're being really intimate because they tell you all about themselves and then they want you to tell them about themselves only if it's more like what you are. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: so, now that that's not okay. Right. You gotta be really open to the fact that we're all unique individuals and we all come from unique experiences in our life. And those unique experiences have us react to circumstances in different ways. And sometimes the way we react or someone else reacts is like, whoa, where did that come from? And it has us afraid or we stand back or we're we're concerned about what's gonna happen next instead of being curious. So we have to convert fear, which is false evidence appearing real, we have to convert that into curiosity, like endless curiosity, wanting to know what's the real truth of the situation.
0: So great. Yeah, I see actually a question in the chat from Joey. What does fear look like in regards to intimacy? What a great question, Larry. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh my gosh. Well... (laughs) I mean, let's let's just go right to the most tender subject, sexuality, mm-hmm. right? And depending on how you were raised or what your experiences in, are in life, you may feel like you're kind of a bit vanilla or a bit inexperienced, or maybe you've had sexual experiences that didn't end so well, meaning that they just, not that they were horrific, but they weren't pleasant, or you didn't feel that good about yourself, or you had a sense that... Maybe I'm not the kind of lover that this other person wants to be. And so you conceal yourself, you hold back and that holding back really gets in the way of being intimate, right? Yeah. So any fear that we have, any concern that we have that revealing us is going to dismantle us is going to be, I mean, that's a hard stop against intimacy,
0: So true. Yeah. And I can see how this would apply to all situations, not just in sexual encounters, right? We can be afraid to show people who we truly are. I can see where this gets started in childhood and probably reinforced as you get into dating and some of your earlier relationship experiences too, right? what would you have someone do who comes to you? I'm sure you work with clients on this all the time who is afraid to open up either sexually or emotionally or otherwise in relationships or really in any area of your
1: life. Well, the first thing is to find out where the fear is coming from, Mm. you know, where, where is, what are they really, really afraid of? And, and most people know, you know, they're uncomfortable about this. I'm worried that, you know, if I'm going to be seen, that, that I'm not going to be liked. I'm not going to be appreciated. I'm not going to be honored. I'm going to be thought strange, or, um, you know, I'm going to I'm over selective, or any number of things. Right? There's huge judgment. There's really shaming going on. So you yeah. know that self judgment is shame, right? And and people unfortunately uh, shame themselves often. And we get shamed a lot as we grow up. And so it's, you know, there's a lot of conditioning that's there. And to let go of that and to be willing to be seen is like giving yourself an opportunity to grow, to discover. How Every one of us, and I've had plenty of these experiences, but just think about it. Has there been a time when you didn't want to do something because you were afraid you were going to do it wrong? Or you weren't going to do it good enough, or you would not be approved of if you did it the way you really thought you wanted to.
0: Of course. I mean, every time I do a new thing in my business, for example, I continually run up against fear, not worthiness, or feelings of unworthiness, I should say. Feelings that, oh, that's not for me. That's for somebody else who really you know knows what they're doing or can really do this all the time. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and who hasn't had that experience, right? Right. I mean, it, it and it's in all shapes and forms, even from having pets and wondering, are you going to be a good pet owner? You know, how do I take care of my animals so they don't grow up and want to bite me or growl at me or, you know, or ignore me? I mean, we do that with pets. And then people go into our work environment where we're now being paid. We're being paid to do a certain amount of work, a certain kind of work. And I'll guarantee you there's not a single person listening right now that hasn't been in a work situation where they've been told to do something and they, and they thought to themselves, wow, um, boy, that could be done so much better uh, if I only did this. And they're afraid to speak out because they're working for someone that doesn't want to hear or gave them the impression that they didn't want to hear anything else. Do it my way or it's the highway, right? How many times has that experience come up? How about educational system? Mm. This is the way you learn. You're being told to learn this way. You need to study this way. You need to behave this way in a classroom. And you know what? The educational system is very broken in that respect because it doesn't take into account the individual natures of people. Some people learn very differently. Some people are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But because of the environment, that brilliance is never seen so that you know the when it comes to intimacy we're we're kind of blocked from being intimate in so many different ways by belief systems and by rules that are telling us how we're supposed to be and then look around us look at our government look at journalism how intimate is journalism these days <laughs> not too good right and politicians what's the intimacy there i mean how what what politician if you were to line them all up, could you go, oh, my God, he's so authentic and so, or she's so authentic and so real. I feel like this is someone that I really want to support. We don't see that very often. We see a lot of withhold. We see a lot of um, intentional manipulation of how we should think, feel, behave, react. Right? So there's not a lot of great examples of Intimacy until we really step out and start being courageous.
0: I love that. I'm so looking forward to getting into exactly how to do that. Emily has a great question in the chat too. She says, how do you create intimacy in the very first interaction with someone? Larry, I believe that you would probably say that you can absolutely create intimacy from the very moment you meet someone. How would someone go about doing that?
1: Oh gosh. Um, I, I think that the optimal word is curiosity.
0: Yes. Love it.
1: Is just being curious, being curious, right? And when you meet someone the first time I'll I'll give you a statement that I think really says it all in terms of where we need to be when we want to be intimate is that we need to stop looking for proof and be surprised by the truth.
0: Stop looking for proof and be surprised by the truth. That is beautiful. That really resonates with me. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. This is the downfall, (laughs) the downfall to almost every relationship that I've worked with, especially singles when they're out looking for partners. They're looking for proof. They're looking for proof that they're the right person. They're looking Mm. for proof that this is the right way to do things constantly looking for proof, you know, it, it's like, if we're looking for proof, it means that we have a specific way we want things to be. And then if they don't turn out that way, we're not happy. We're not satisfied. And the worst thing that happens though, is because we're just looking for something specific, we don't see all the other elements of a person. That is
0: so true. I have to just jump in here and say how true that is. I have so much to say on that. Can we talk about that a little more? I'm so glad we're going in this direction because I see that this is kind of like the downfall of where people get too specific too quickly into what they think they want, and they're missing the whole essence of the person. So I would love to hear everything you have to say on this.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, let's go back to uh, an initial meeting. You know, it it let's say, God, the dating sites are the worst for this because it's all about proof, right? Here's yeah. a picture. Prove to me that you're you you look attractive enough. If you don't swipe left, right? If you do swipe right, and then we look for more proof. It, we're we're set up to be looking for, you know, those tangible things that are most obvious, and we miss all the other really beautiful intricacies. So, like, I don't know about you from when you were single. And, you know, I know of myself when I was going into dating sites when I was single. And I would read a profile and I would go, wow, that seems kind of harsh. Or, wow, that seems really exciting. And then I would, like, read it two or three more times. And I'd have friends going, what are you doing? You've read it once. You know everything. And I go, no, I don't. I probably don't know anything. I have suspicions, right? And with those suspicions, then if I want to take the next step, am I looking to try and prove them real or am I going to take the next step by going, just let's be curious and discover who this person is or what this person is, you know, in genetic energetics, my work, we call it what, but there's a lot of who there as well. And, and, in that conversation, if we're really open to hearing a whole variety of different things that that we're not expecting or we're not looking to fit into, you know, that fit into this puzzle piece, we're likely to discover things about the person that's in front of us or we're talking to that are just joyfully wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Or we may discover things that we otherwise might not have heard that we needed to hear. You know, that that would tell us to, you know, run the other way, (laughs) but you're busy looking for this one specific thing. And then you don't see the red flags or you're busy looking for this one specific thing that you don't see all the colorful rainbows that are all around this person saying, come on in and play with me
0: that is so true i'm thinking about you know, my single friends and family members and they all have these long lists of exactly what they're looking for they'll say here's my list of 20 things i want in a guy and they just focus so hard on these little specific minutia that it's not what makes a good partner <laughs> you know how tall a guy is or what his educational background is or where he grew up And things like that where it's like, how about just go for the connection, go for being open and curious and seeing who a person is, trusting that the right person for you is going to embody everything you want and so much more. I find these lists of your top five non-negotiables or your top 10 things you need in someone to be extremely limiting, but I would love to hear your perspective on that, Larry.
1: Well, I think that the big mistake that people make is they go out there looking for, they have a list of things that they want someone to be. Yes. And that list, if you look at it, it's like, well, how can you make me a better person? It's like, if I find someone that's like this, I can do that. If I find someone that that is really kind to me, then I can be kind back. If I find someone that is really into um, outdoors and and hiking and all those things, well, then maybe I'll get out there and be more active, right? So there's like a lot of these lists sound like, almost like these are the classes you want to take to open up your experiences in the world, right? right. And, and you're not there, but you want someone else to take you there. And, and so those lists right away, you know, you're out there to, to, to fit someone into a particular box so that they can provide for you those things that will help you be the person you want to be. That's all back ass words. Hmm. It really is. And the, it, the the place to come from is to ask what it is that you really enjoy, what it is you really value, and what makes you the happiest in life by yourself, not with someone else. But, you know, when certain things come up, like if you go walk in nature and you realize Oh my God, when I'm out in the woods, I feel more free and alive. I feel like I have more choice. I feel grounded, you know, and, and you know, those things that are coming up, those are the things that you really value. So now if you allow yourself to be that person grounded in, in that space, you don't have to be out in nature all the time, but you have gotten in touch with what you know is really valuable to you. Now when you go out and you meet someone, it you just you have the opportunity to discover if they are in that same playing field, if they're in that same place. And and know that these are important things to you, it makes it very easy to be discerning from that place.
0: I love that uh, word discerning because you trust yourself, right? Absolutely you trust yourself to spot you know those red yourself. flags. Yeah,
1: know yourself. And, and I'm going to put a caveat on know yourself, you know, yourself right now. Okay. Because the person you know now is not the person that's going to be there a year from now or two years from now, or even 10 minutes from now. If someone, if you listen to a radio call and someone says, stop looking for proof, instead, let yourself be surprised by the truth. And if you hear that and you, and you get off this call. And you put yourself in a place of just absolute curiosity, absolutely a child's mind wandering and wondering what exciting things can come up. I guarantee you, you're going to be surprised by all kinds of things that are just so delightful that you're going, wow, thank God I just didn't, you know, look for the white line that went straight down the road and I was willing to wiggle and wobble a little bit.
0: So true. Yeah. One feels very expansive and just open to receive everything life has in store for you, allowing the universe or God or whatever you believe in here to surprise you and show you what a powerful creator you really are or how worthy you really are. The other one feels extremely limiting. I'm going to go out looking for proof. I'm going to go out and strategically find this person that fits into this perfect box that my brain has decided that it wants, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And you're judging all the time. Yes. Right? When you're looking for proof, you're in a constant state of judgment. You either judge whether the other person is good enough or whether you're good enough. Exactly. You're judging what you think the potential is, right? And and you're basing that on something that you, you've already made decisions about. And so we have to be really careful about those things. Now, I think it's great to be discerning. I think it's great to ultimately be able to make a decision about where your boundaries are.
0: Absolutely. And
1: what's important to you in those areas. But we need to be open to expansion. So coming back to courageous intimacy, why the word courageous and intimacy? Because there's one other element that happens. Let's say you're in that place where you're really willing to be totally intimate or you're working at it. You know, maybe you're not at level seven yet, but you're right up there and you really want to be seen and you want to be as authentic as possible. And it hasn't been easy because it's been scary, right? and you go i'm just going to be courageous and the courageous part really says that you're willing to be wrong you're willing to change you're willing to grow you're willing to have someone who you admire or you trust or you really you know you you just there's something about them that has you want to be fully revealed. You're willing to have that person say to you, you know what? You're full of it. (laughs) I don't believe you at all. I don't believe for a second that that's what you really want. And in that moment, you're willing to sit back instead of fight it, say, well, that's a lot of crap. I I really do. Instead of defending yourself, you're willing to look and go, wow, is that true? And, And we'll talk relationships. I was talking to a friend the other night about the men that have been showing up in her life. And, and it was interesting because, you know, in genetic energetics, there are profiles that where people are very similar and there's profiles where people are very different. And when the people are very different from each other, it takes a lot more work. It takes a lot more work. Now, it might be worth it in some circumstances. In fact, it is in some circumstances, but it is always a lot more work. And what I've seen both men and women do is they will find themselves in relationships with people who are very different from them, not because they're attracted to that person, but because they know that relationship can't last and they're not ready to dive in to a really committed relationship at that point in their life. So the best way to, to have fun and extend a whole lot of fun relationships or enjoyable relationships is let's just stick around with the person that we know is not going to work. Let's go that route. (laughs) And we'll play that way for a while, you know, and then you go after another one and you go after another one. And the reality is if you look really deep at it, how ready are you for that relationship? And I bet just about anybody listening to this, if there's been a long spell, or there's been a number of relationships they've had that all didn't work out. If they turn it all around and said, how ready was I to totally commit? I mean, totally commit to allow myself to merge with another person, to share a vision with another person, to do life with another person or people. If you're, you know, into non-monogamy, that's a whole nother conversation, but you know, whatever it might be, are they, were they really ready or were they more in a mode of, I just want to play. I don't want to go there yet. I don't want to be, you know, they had a belief that you were going to be strapped down that you weren't going to have the freedom or the choice anymore. If you went down that road that, you know, monogamy sounds great, but it also sounds terrible. If that's where you're coming from, you know, there's just all these other beliefs and you go, Oh my gosh, I really did. (laughs) I, yeah, I thought I wanted someone in my life, but I guess I wasn't thinking I was totally ready. Or maybe I was thinking I wasn't good enough, you know? And so you pick those people that don't care whether you're, it's not going to matter whether you're good enough or not because the relationship's not going to last. So let's just do it.
0: Oh my gosh. You're literally describing me 10 or 15 years ago. I'm trying not to laugh too hard over here because <laughs> I love everything you're saying. By the way, for everyone listening, if you're interested in your profile, Larry keeps mentioning genetic energetics, I'll include the link. The first link in the description or episode details will be a link to get your free energetic profile If anyone's interested in that, if you're listening to this live and you want to go grab your profile before the replay of this post, go check out our episode on Undefining Love. We recorded that just a couple weeks ago, so it should be towards the top of my podcast homepage, and you can get your free profile. I have to say, Larry, and we spoke about this the very first time we met when you ran my profile for me, I have the Protector Modifier. And I also have true attractions. And I said, it didn't seem like I had true attractions like in my 20s, for example, because I was the girl who would always get stuck on the unavailable men or chase after men who had no interest in a long-term committed relationship with me. And I believe you told me back then that I was probably protecting myself because deep down, I wasn't ready for real commitment or true emotional intimacy, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the case for a lot of people. And by the way, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, don't make yourself wrong if that's where you're at. It's just where you're at. <laughs> you know, yes. own it. Own yes. it. And this is about, you know, coming back to courageous intimacy. This is owning it. If someone says to you, and then coming back to the conversation I was talking about, so I'm talking to a friend, I'm saying, look, at, this is like, can I just put this out there? I'm not trying to hurt your feelings at all, but I don't think you want the relationship you're talking about. <laughs> You're saying you want this, but I don't think you do. And they go, well, how can you say that? And I said, well, look at the people you've been dating. They're all amazing men. They're all great. And if I asked you if there's a single relationship there that you think will really last or blossom into something, what are you going to say? And they go, well, mm, 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 you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. So the the bigger question is, you know, I, I know you're saying this is what you want, but is it really what you want right now?
0: I literally just had this conversation with a family member just a couple days ago, right? I know you think you want to get married and have kids right now, but is that really what you want? Because these people that you're dating are waving red flags, are completely unavailable for that. And she really thought about it. She's like, oh, I think I should want that right now because of the age I'm at and the stage of life I'm at. But I don't know if that's really something I want. So it's like getting intimate with yourself, getting really honest with yourself about what you're truly ready for, right?
1: Mm -hmm. And what you just said, oh my gosh. What did the person really say to you? They said, what I want and what I'm being told I should want are two different things. Yes. And we are told what we should want from every side, top, bottom, all the way around, we're being told what we should want. We're being told what we should want by our parents as we grow up. We're being told what we should want by our governments, and we're not going down that path, but we're being told, right? And we need to be able to make our own decisions, and we need to be able to divorce ourselves not from what someone's necessarily being said to us, but we need to divorce ourselves from the beliefs that they're throwing at us and go, are those ours? Are those my beliefs, or is that someone else's? And if it's someone else's belief and it's getting me all riled up, then you really got to ask, you know, do I believe that? Because if I don't, then just give it back. Let the other person have the belief. Don't get all upset and pissed off about it. Just say, hey, that's your belief. You probably threw it at me with good intention. My parents said these things to me about when I was growing up, they had good intentions. And some of those things, you know, decades later, I'm going, oh, my God, I can't believe that that one's still stuck in a quill someplace inside. Mm-hmm. I got to release it. I thought I released all those beliefs, right? They it,
0: absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's probably a topic for a whole nother episode, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it, it I mean, it totally is. Our belief systems really guide us. And you know, Tony Robbins is is, you know, at the top of the chart in terms of being able to say, look at, you know, you are what you believe and demonstrates it over and over again. And when people are really stuck in a quandary or in a really bad situation, the first thing he's going to do is look at the beliefs that are driving the behavior. And are those beliefs really yours? Are they really true? Um, If they're true, let's look at them and is this really the outcome you want from that belief? And you know, that doesn't take a lot of conversation, but it does take intimate, intimate, Honesty, and radical honesty, and courageous intimacy. And again, the courageous piece is like, you know, when people exhibit their courage, there's a lot of excitement there. there. There's business people that have done courageous things. There's crazy people that jump motorcycles over 50 cars that are doing courageous things. And the high they get from doing that is so amazing. They feel so alive. And so imagine now, even those things that scare you the most, even when someone says to you, no, that's not what you're doing. That's really not what you're doing. Instead of getting defensive, stop, stop for a moment and let yourself courageously look at the possibility that there's another way to look at the situation. Now you have it's your choice. It's your life. You can come back and go, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And this is why. But I really thank you for the question because for a moment I got to re-examine what was going on to the point that I really know this is exactly what I want. Or thank you very much. I just got to examine this to the point where I was like five degrees off and that five degrees kept becoming more and more and more until I'm like backwards. On where I really wanted to get to, thank you that's been Absolutely. courageously intimate.
0: I completely agree. I see a great question in the chat. What if you halfway want it and halfway don't feel ready? I can't tell you how many people I hear from who are at this place, and of course, I've been there myself. We all have right Larry, I'm so curious to yeah. hear your thoughts well, on that one.
1: What half wants it and what half <laughs> is not ready this is now. This is a great place of introspection. If you halfway want it, then the question is, why? Why do I want it? Why do I want it badly and why why do I not want it? I mean, now you don't have to be curious with other people. Be curious with yourself. So, you know, so much of our life is reaction. Someone does something, says something, acts a certain way, we react. Before this call um, I was on a text thread with a partner of mine in a business and our landlord sent us a message and I just wanted to oh so mad Helena so hmm. mad and and then I just like I stopped and I went, okay, why am I mad?" And oh I get it I'm mad because I feel like I was really disrespected and then I got to look at that and feel into that and and I went well, Was it the person's intention to disrespect me? And then I realized, no, the landlord was doing what he thought he needed to do because he was protecting his concerns in this situation. So I might not have liked his style, but I understood what he was doing. And it allowed me to just go, okay, I don't have to respond and be an asshole. I don't have to be mad about it. I can just go, thank you for sharing. We're working at it you know it way different than my initial reaction was was that son of a mm-hmm. I wanted to rip things apart right mm-hmm. it only took asking questions and opening up to the possibility that there was something more to what was going on so if you're halfway want something identify what that half is and what it why you want it so badly you're probably going to find out that you really want it because some way I mean, it is, it is revealing and providing for you something that's important. And if it's a reveal, it's great. Then you get to see deeper into what's driving you. If it's a provide, then you get to ask, well, what does that provision really do for me? And who do I have to rely on to get it? And maybe you don't, you're not in a place where you really want to rely on anybody right now. You know, in in a male st- a, a, tip, a typical male female scenario, we could get Alison Armstrong on the call with us, and she mm-hmm. would tell you about it. She go, look at the man who is a provider. He just he wants to provide, and the woman's going, I want my independence. I want my choice. I don't need someone to take care of me. Right? Well, those that doesn't work very well. Right? There's like nothing for the man to contribute, and the woman. Feels like she can do the man's job just fine, so she doesn't need a man. So what does she really want? You know, and and if she really wants that, how is she going to be able to get that and at the same time provide or give the man an opportunity to feel like he's really contributing to the relationship? Right? Like these are really important questions. Because if you don't look at that, then you enter enter into a relationship with yourself and your make-believe partner who is actually you as well.
0: I'd love to hear more about that. That's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that before. (laughs) Relationship (laughs) with yourself and your make-believe partner who is you as well. Do I have that right? Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Can we dive a little deeper? I've never heard anyone say that before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, how many women do you know that would like to have a partner that can talk to them just the way they talk to all their girlfriends and just the way that they like to be communicated with?
0: Oh yeah. That's almost everybody. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Really. It truly is. And can you blame us? It feels great. It feels great to be easily seen and to be communicated the way you love to communicate with. But Helena, we know even In genetic energetics, when we have the same communication styles, we know that we're not going to have a conversation with our man or with our woman that's exactly the way that we talk with ourselves or our male friends or our female friends or or when we're in our masculine or in our feminine. Let's take the gender out for a second and just add the gender qualities. Uh, So, you know, one feels really good. It's like super easy. It's great. You feel totally seen, totally understood. It's super simple. And like, there's never any issues. It flows. You're all in the same river going down in the same boat at the same speed. It's great. But that's not life. We're all different. We're all curiously different. And that's fun if you allow it to be fun. It's no fun if you want someone exactly like you, and the other part is, is if you get someone exactly like you, where's the opportunity to grow? So true. So we we really flourish on people that have enough uniqueness that they bring to the table that it opens our eyes and we get to see more of the world in different ways than the way we have been seeing it consistently since we were, you know, a child, you know, what's a hero's journey about a hero's journey about is, is about, Oh my God, everything, everything was perfect. And then you proved to me, I can't trust you at all. I'm going to go figure it out for myself and be responsible for myself and I'll take care of myself. And once I got that down, then I'm ready for the world. (laughs) We get confronted with an arrows, another hero's journey somewhere in that process. Mm. So the, you know, the the reality, the, the, coming back to what I said, you know, you, you have this make-believe character that you want to be just like you because that's the easiest way and that's the most for sure way to be guaranteed you're going to have a great relationship. Unless you don't have a good, good relationship with yourself, then, you know, then you missed the most important ingredient, which was our last call, which was about love, right? <laughs> right. So... Assuming that you understand that you are love, that you don't get love from other people and you don't give love to other people. You are love. You give other people experiences that are multiplied and enhanced by the, the, the love, the life force that you are. And people give to you experiences and actions and behaviors that are multiplied and enhanced by the love that they are. And so it's that internal expression that comes out that has you so excited about each other. But we make a mistake when we call a behavior love, right? That was kind of, did I encapsulate that well from the last?
0: What we exactly spoke. what we talked about last time. Yeah. I yeah. highly recommend everyone go check that out. Just, it'll be the greatest gift you give to yourself <laughs> to soak in all of the Larry energy and vibes about undefining love. That was so beautiful. And I love what you're saying here too, Larry, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier we think we want this specific list and it's just very constrictive versus this expansive curiosity or intimacy or letting life surprise you, letting your partner surprise you rather than judging or blaming them for not being exactly the way we think they should be. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. You no, know, absolutely. A, a, a friend of mine went out on a date a few weeks ago and they, you know, they met this person on Bumble and everything looked great and then they got on the phone they had conversations it was really fun there was a lot of of expression a lot of discovery but the guy is short <laughs> and the this gal wanted someone tall i mean she just like she goes at short guys don't it doesn't work for me and then so she but everything was so great about the date or about their conversation up there that she decided to go on the date with him regardless. She meets him. And indeed he's shorter um, and shorter than that, that she, what she normally likes, but she allowed herself to discover the person regardless. She set that aside, right? Mm -hmm. Set it aside. And the result was she discovered she really liked this guy. Like, really liked them. Like she wanted to see more of them. So she was able to let go of the height restriction. And she was only able to do that because she was letting herself be surprised by the truth.
0: I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of my own situation. My husband and I joke about now if we were to go off of some list of stringent external requirements, we would have filtered each other out. We never would have even gotten on the first date, you know. We were both way outside each other's distance range, right? Of all kinds of things like that. I was actually interviewing Rory Ray. Larry, I don't know if you're familiar with her.
1: I know Rory, of course. Oh,
0: she's so amazing. She, it, the last time I interviewed her, she was telling a story about she was not interested in her husband at all at first. Zero interest, but she allowed herself to get to know him and he got to her and then she was just absolutely crazy about him. Every woman I hear from who has this pattern going on of attracting and being attracted to the wrong kind of men or situations where it doesn't really work out. They all say something very similar. They all end up with someone that they're incredibly attracted to lots of chemistry and passion, but at first they didn't really see how great they were at the beginning at first, maybe the guy wasn't really her type, but the attraction and chemistry grew over time. Have you seen that as well?
1: Oh, of course. Well, you know that, that my work actually identifies where chemistry is going to show up and where it doesn't. Yes and how chemistry can kind of send you off down a path that's a bit challenging
0: absolutely or
1: or how chemistry can completely put a veil over those things that you should be seeing that you don't see because you're wearing rose colored glasses right so you know that we could have a, we could have a multi hour show on just chemistry alone so yeah i've seen a lot of that and when i work with clients my favorite stories with clients are ones where they were friends for a long period of time, they just, they didn't feel any chemistry. So they didn't think it was the right person. And then one day they're in a coffee shop and just by accident, their friend reaches across the table and takes their hand and there's this, "Uh, this? Oh my. And they never let go of their hands again. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, that's that surprise, but they got, they, they let go. There was a point where the importance of chemistry dissipated. It left. It got replaced by a really quality friendship. And then when the physical touch and that joy and that spark came in, they were open to it instead of going, Well, oh, there's no chemistry. Well, <laughs> there was in that moment. That's being Amazing. surprised by the truth. Hey, there is a there is um a gal in the, in the chat that says, I think for me, the reason it's only halfway, it's because of perfectionism, feeling like my career and health need to be better first.
0: Yes, I, you read my mind again. I was just about to ask you about that. Larry, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, this is okay. So Emily, thank you for the question. And I'm a perfectionist by genetic energetics, by the way. So perfectionism goes really deep for me. And part of being a perfectionist, at least in genetic energetics, that energetic signature there has us not feel good enough. That's our, that's our Achilles heel is not feeling good enough. And guess what? If we buy into that, if we live in that, we are never good enough. Everything can be better. One of my best friends who's a great teacher, I'd ask him how he was doing and he'd say to me, near perfect. And I go, well, that's kind of curious. That's kind of funny. He goes, yeah, if I'm near perfect, things can always be better. Right. And he was like, love to strive to get to close to perfection, but never required it of himself. So, you know, if you're feeling like your career and your health need to be better first, What's the possibility that when your career is a lot better or your health is a lot better, then there's going to be something else that needs to be better. Okay. My health is better now. Now I need to own my own home. Mm-hmm. I need to own my own business. I, my career is way better now, but now that I followed this career, I realized what I really want is to own my own business or I want to switch careers and people switch careers constantly now in this world. You know, it's way different than than when I grew up. You were supposed to have one career and work at it until you retired and then you were done. It's like frightening to even think about that at this point. And there's still a lot of people that live with that paradigm. So here's the reality is that something of, of great beauty and great value can be right in front of you. And it could be the most valuable thing that has ever existed on this planet. It could be a muse that enlightens you to ways to do your career or ways to change how you support yourself to have the greatest, most vital body and life. And that can all happen. That can all happen just as a surprise, right? It could happen right now. So it could be that the relationship of your dreams and that actually is more than you even ever dreamed is the one that helps you see ways to refine your career or experience ways to improve your health that you never would have got to if you waited and waited and waited. So I say to people, don't wait. Don't ever wait. Don't ever, ever, ever wait if you if there's something that's calling you if you if your heart's saying i want connection then allow that connection in you can always decide this is back to discernment you can always decide whether no it's not right for me right now this has been really enjoyable and and i really do need to spend more time on my career i'm dedicated to doing this i want to volunteer around the world. And I know that I need to reach these levels first so that I can do that. It's my Dharma path. You know it for certain. You go for it, right? But try not to exclude along the way because you may be excluding that one thing that will take your career, take your health to a level you didn't even know was possible.
0: That is beautiful, Emily. I hope that was helpful. Type some more in if you get a chance and let us know what you thought about that. That was great. I think, Larry, we should maybe even do another episode on all the different <laughs> modifiers as you're talking about this. I think that might be really interesting to people. My husband's a perfectionist too, and he's also the achiever modifier. Oh, and what a
1: combination. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, you said that
0: was a great combination, right? was yeah. a
1: great one, yeah. I want Yeah, it.
0: Because uh, the, the perfectionist you know, wants things to be perfect and keeps working on things, right? But the achiever side actually makes sure that the task gets accomplished, I think is what I remember you saying, right? But everything you said about the perfectionist and not feeling good enough and always striving for more is, I can just see that. It's, Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. So if anyone's interested in Another episode on all these different modifiers, I know in our last episode, we talk about the different factors like communication style and sexual response type and financial logic and activity level. We can get a little more specific if you'd like to do another one of these, Larry.
1: I will do as much radio with you as you ever want to do. Right <laughs> now. I love, I love, love our, our calls with each other. I have to throw this out here, by the way, because you set it up. You said that you and your husband, when you first met, you know, it was like, oh, I don't know. Well, if anybody on this call has ever seen a picture of Helena and her man, you guys look like the storybook couple. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you do. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I, I think you're going to let me have an opportunity to talk about this, this access to a really cool program that we yes. have, and we created a special page for you. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but this very first picture is you and your sweetheart.
0: I did see that. Yeah, that was our our honeymoon in Bora Bora (laughs) on our balcony. You know,
1: we had all kinds of pictures that we went scanning and looking for for you, and that was our favorite. Oh, I love that! Just
0: no makeup. Just (laughs) I love that you showed that. No, I didn't
1: even notice you didn't have makeup. I just these two are beautiful together. They oh, thank you together, so right?
0: much. Yeah. And, it's so interesting. There's like
1: Other people are going to look at you guys and go, what? You didn't think you were, what, what were you thinking? Where were your heads? You clearly are like meant to be with each other. So
0: Thank you. I feel that for sure. Yeah, I was talking to Rory Ray in the last episode we recorded together. When I post the replay, everyone can hear it that even on our second date, I was kind of like, are we attracted to each other? Is there anything going on here? It was not those instant fireworks and sparks right away that had to develop over time. But that's the best kind of chemistry, in my opinion, because it It grows and lasts and gets stronger and stronger over time, rather than those instant fireworks, that instant spark of attraction that tends to burn out if the two of you aren't really right for each other. right
1: yeah what it does is it gets pushed out so Mm. there's a difference right chemistry there's you know there are research studies that were done that were saying chemistry only lasts a couple years they're not accurate they're missing an an important ingredient what they missed is that they're you know chemistry are brain chemicals and and their hormones as well so the combination that elixir is really juicy yummy and addictive super addictive
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And there's another neurotransmitter that's related to pain that instantly causes the oxytocin and testosterone and dopamine and serotonin levels to plummet. So when I say it's, it's not that it burns out, it gets pushed out. It's pain. It's, it's distraction. It's things that it's conflict. It's situations that don't feel healthy or feel right, become more pronounced. And it becomes painful to try and maintain something that you know is not right for you. And when that pain comes in, it's, it's no different than physical pain from a neurotransmitter point of view. Hmm. And so when that pain comes in, it causes that other stuff to plummet. Chemistry goes away and the rose-colored glasses come off for a moment and you go, oh, oh, wow, why didn't I ever see that? Right. Why didn't I see the fact that he told me he would quit smoking four years ago and he still <laughs> hasn't done it. He's still smoking two packs a day and I'm letting him do it. And now, and he's around my kids. Why didn't I see that? Oh, my God. Right. Of course, all our friends see it. Right. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier. They've got their best hope on for you, right? They really yeah. want things to work. And so they don't want to say, are you crazy? Although right. thinking you're crazy.
0: <laughs> you know, Sometimes that just... objective perspective is actually a lot closer to the truth than when you're in that situation and the chemistry just takes you over, right? You right. get those rose colored glasses on, like you said. Emily says, Thank you in the chat. So I'm glad that was helpful, your answer earlier, Larry. We're almost at an hour already. This just completely flew by. I see another question. Does Larry have any books or resources we can look into for relationship advice other than this podcast episode of course. I'm so glad you asked. Let's definitely talk about that Larry, but before we do that is there any last words of wisdom you have to say on this topic of courageous intimacy? We could probably talk forever about this and I love that we got an idea for three or four more different episodes we could do in the future too.
1: I guess the the invitation is to be brave and to be curious. And to know that every experience you have, especially from a bravery position, it may feel like falling sometimes, but you're going to always fall forward. You know, out of the seed of every adversity comes a greater opportunity. Always. Always. And so the, the situations that really scare you the most are the ones that you really want to push your way into because the breakthrough there is huge. The breakthrough is really where you open up to be the next evolution of yourself. And we need to be constantly evolving individually as a race, as a planet, but individually we need to be constantly evolving because if we're, if we're not, we're dying. And I don't think there's anybody in this call that wants to do anything else but live. And so be courageous, be just like, like, be the little kid in the sandbox. So curious, (laughs) so curious that you just want to know that you're willing to discover what's going on outside of your beliefs to see if there's more to any circumstance. And, and it's totally also, it's totally okay to finally go, nope, that is over the boundary for me. Discover your boundaries on the go, right? But when you know what your boundary is, honor that as well. So by being curious, by being intimate, you're really honoring yourself to the max and know that you've got, you know, your life force is pushing you forward. You are love. So you're not really looking for love. You're looking for great behaviors that allow you to, to be in the loving space that you are to, for your life force to be completely expressed that's what we're looking for. Don't shut me down. Open me up.
0: That is so beautiful. That resonates with me on such a deep level. I'm so glad we did this topic today, Larry. This was great. And I definitely learned a few things here that I've never heard before. So thank you so much for coming on and yeah, getting back to Joey's question, how can people find you and learn more about what you do? Of course I'll include links to get your energetic profile for free
1: so the, the personal energetic profile that is a free report we do that tells you what you are energetically, you just need to go get it. Don't even, you know, don't pass go, don't collect $200, don't go to jail, just do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> go get the personal energetic profile. And it's going to tell you what you are. And you'll see immediately that there's some really huge, huge benefits there. It was life-changing for me. It was life-changing for my career. It's been life-changing for my clients. I could spend hours and hours sharing stories there. So just please, just trust me on that one. Take a chance. Be courageous. <laughs> and, it's and, go too, right? totally and it's free too, right? Totally free. It's free. Yeah. You're gonna ask it's gonna ask you to create a login, and we have to do that because it's our way of protecting ourselves from cybersecurity and and maintaining privacy of your information as well. So Go get that report. Now, if you're in a relationship, if there's anybody in your life that is challenging, I mean, like really challenging, whether it's a husband, a boyfriend, a wife, someone you work with, a sister, a brother, a parent, there's a a report we call the romance report. Now, we're building other reports right now, like a family report and a business report, but the foundation of it is the same. And it looks at your two energetic profiles and says, here you go. You had a belief that this person didn't ever listen to you. Well, guess what? You have two different communication styles and this is why, and this is how you navigate it. And this is how you get out of your stories that are so debilitating and damaging and instead give you an opportunity to honor, appreciate and respect and love someone. Right? What a switch. No judgment, no blame, no shame, no guilt, but honor and acknowledgement, respect, and love. I, I, I think I know which one I'd pick. So right. the report gives you the ability to do that at lightning fast speed. So that's the romance report. Now here's the thing that I'm most excited about, and there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of people that know about it because it's very limited. For a limited amount of time, we're actually providing what we call lifetime access to our membership site. And that means that the romance reports, Alina, that are normally $47, you can get as many of them as you want for as long as you want, for as long as you have. So. Every sister, every relative friend, anybody that was, that matters to you, you can get insight. So instead of just paying, you know, a single fee for the romance report for a very limited time, there's, there's only so many of these that we can do. We've never done this before. We're really not going to do it again. We're doing it because it's, it's helping us to create the next version of the multilingual reports that we want to create. And so we're providing this. But it's lifetime access to not just the reports, it's to a library. We have a new library that will keep track of all your reports that you can go and sort and check through them and compare them. There are interviews that people have never heard before that I've done with some of the most amazing thought leaders around the world. There's a private Facebook group where people are going to be able to interact with each other, ask questions, and we're going to respond. And then there's private trainings all happening within this this membership site that normally costs in, for one month what we're selling this whole thing for for a lifetime. So take a look at it. You know, Take a look at it. You decide. Do whatever you're comfortable with. But we would love to have you come play with us.
0: So great, thank you so much for explaining all of that. If you're listening live on Bullhorn right now and you wanna just grab those right away, just go back to our last episode on Undefining Love. It's posted right now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You should listen to that episode anyway, because like I mentioned, it was amazing. One of my favorite episodes I've ever done. And I'll definitely include all those links in the episode details for this one as well. So it'll be the first three or so links there. And this was great, Larry. Thank you so much. And I talked about this in our last episode. I did a romance report for my husband and I back when we were dating. We had just started dating. We'd only been dating a little over two months. And that was very helpful for me personally. And I think I remember you saying this is a match made in heaven. <laughs> and I thought, all right, we'll see how it goes. And you were totally right. So I have personal and Understanding those
1: modifiers this. makes such a difference, doesn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening live. And I will be back in two weeks with Matt Schaefer, who I know you, everyone here is a big fan of. I have a lot of Matt Schaefer fans who come and listen to my live broadcast. Oh, you know, Matt too.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, good friend of mine, been working together for a few years now. So uh, that will be in two weeks. At the same time, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be going live every other Tuesday through the end of this year and hopefully keep it going into next year if it's something that we all enjoy. Larry, I would love to have you back on again soon. You're welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much, everyone in the chat and listening live. And Larry, this was great. Let's definitely do this. Jessica says we can't wait for another podcast. So I'd love to have you on anytime (laughs) you want. I'd love to bring you back on. all
1: so much and have super happy holidays i hope they're connected and beautiful and just overflowing with with just yumminess
0: absolutely so thank you so much bye everyone talk to you soon another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check